Hello and welcome to the podcast, Reefer the Reefer. I'm your host, Michael Wildcar, a.k.a. Little Farmer. I'm here with Mark Disney, a.k.a. The Roken Adventurer on Instagram. Excellent. How are you doing today, Mark? I'm doing awesome, Michael. How about yourself? Thanks for coming on the show. I'm doing great. Um, me and Mark share similar interests in cannabis. We both work in the same dispensary as our first job That's right. in the business, so it gave us a lot of time. We had a lot to talk about, so I thought he'd be a good person to bring on as my first guest. I appreciate you bringing me on, my friend. So, Mark, you told me you came to Colorado just for cannabis. Could you tell everybody a little bit about that? Yeah, so I uh, used to live in D.C. area, Virginia, ran bars there for a long time, came out here in 2012, uh, after multiple years of trips to Amsterdam, and I just wanted to find a potential niche area to maybe get involved in the industry when it did finally come open. Uh, obviously, you know, California had their whole market going for a long time before that, but I just love the mountains. Yeah, that's the same reason I came back to Colorado. Yeah. I lived here before. I love the cannabis that was here, so I, I came back just to learn about the cannabis industry, find my niche. Um, I'm doing my podcast. I guess that's my niche. I always wanted to do a dispensary, but I kind of shied away from that. And uh, yeah, my thoughts were originally to, you know, because obviously my trips through Amsterdam were 97 to 07. I did about 17 treks and uh, I stayed always at youth hostels and obviously always visited the coffee shops. So my dream was to find a way to you know, open up a youth hostel with a little coffee shop in it, something like that. But you know, laws permitting or not, I should say, uh, led me to just getting management with Alpenglow, where we used to both work. And uh, and then from there, uh, my buddies started the uh, company Roken, uh, and it just went off from there. So did you start as the manager at Alpenglow? I did not, actually. I came in on the bottom rung. Uh, there was one position being hired for. It was the uh, last trimmer at the table. And uh, so I took the job and you know, sat down with a bunch of uh, much younger dudes who were just getting into the industry. And I was thinking, all right, this is going to be interesting. And I did that for about three weeks. And then the owner of this shop came in with uh, my resume in hand saying, hey, uh, Disney, can we talk to you for a minute? I was like, yeah, yeah, I'd love to. And uh, that was the last day I spent sitting at the trim table. So that was pretty cool. Uh, and uh, immediately moved the next week into a uh, store manager position as the other person was vacating and uh, had recommended me for the shot. So it's pretty cool. So I actually got starting as the manager, but went backwards. I did because yeah. I didn't want to be the manager and have all the responsibility. I just wanted to speak to the customers and learn why were they consuming? What did they like? Which helped me learn and fill my goal. That's what I wanted to do was just find out as much as I could about the, the medicine, the herb, uh, why people used it, what strange people used for certain things. Absolutely. I use a few for my stomach. I use a few for my uh, ADHD. And uh, I've, I've learned a lot. Um, Absolutely. When was the first time you actually consumed cannabis and found out it was for you? Yeah, you know, uh, okay, so the first time it really consumed, it was 94. Uh, I would, uh, was a runner, distance runner for a local university that was number one in the country at the time. And uh difference of opinion with a coach, I decided, okay, you know what, I'm going to go and pursue my band days and dreams. So I was a drummer in a rock band in DC and, you know, just obviously coming to the territory. So, uh, you know, our, especially our band name was Permigrant. So it really fit 
And uh, so that was 94 that I started uh, uh, using. And I noticed it always helped calm me. Um, I was really racy in the mornings. Um, and this is even exercising and doing all of those things as well. I've got a lot of high energy. And sometimes it helped me focus a little bit better and get work done, which has led to where I am now. So Actually, that's the reason I started smoking too, because it slowed my brain down. I could help concentrate. I could figure out problems better and just... I was able to sit still for a little while and it just helped me focus a lot. Then gradually it helped me with my pains too. After being an athlete like you were, I'm sure you have some aches and pains. I've got uh, from from non-running because it's not too full contact sport on running. But uh, since then, yeah, I shattered my collarbone uh, uh, mountain biking. I shattered my right ankle snowboarding, which is very, very difficult to do on a snowboard. Um, and then, yeah, I've, I've given myself some good dings and absolutely cannabis usage has helped uh and i would even say more so the topicals at times uh but for long you know long pain long pains that are over time that are just there they just aren't going away yeah the the, con- the consumption the way i do it works wonders for it what which way do you prefer for your aches and pains which way do you prefer to consume uh, personally i smoke i like to smoke cannabis raw flour it's the quickest, fastest, uh, easiest for me to control. Right. I'm steadily moving into edibles, but it's really hard to gauge how much to take. Yeah. Mm, how much not to take. Uh, it's easier to overconsume, and there's a lot of different varieties out there, too, to try. So it's kind of... It's all a learning curve, and, you know, not necessarily the answers are always, you know, with the person behind the counter as much as we want them to be. Some of it is, you know, a little bit of, you know, go with the guidance, and then you go home and you try minimal and you see how that benefits you. For me, for pain, um, definitely I uh, I do smoke flour. If I'm having something really kind of like, bam, I just really dinged like my screws in my ankle. I hit that into a chair or something like that. Uh, ding my ankle, hit the chair just like I did. Um, something like that, I'll, I'll might take a nap or something just because, yeah, it hits pretty quickly. Um, but cream, especially the CBD creams are a little of the THC that's in there. Oh man, that's phenomenal. Instantly yeah. relieves pain. I have talked to many, many customers, elderly to uh, people who have just had surgery on their shoulders and they're looking for something to avoid taking opiates and the creams and a little bit of CBD tincture or something seems to work very well for a lot of people for those pains. Yeah, absolutely. I drink a lot of tea as well. So, you know, I'm a, a tea and uh tea in a joint bowl kind of a guy. And uh, it's a nice way to, to get, the day sometimes started and focused into what uh, what I'm trying to get going and, you know, alleviates the pain as well. So. Do you find that the tea enhances the herb at all? I've heard another podcast that talked about tea enhancing the herbs. I would believe it. Um, I mean, I can tell you in Amsterdam especially, I mean, you know, the coffee shops are serving predominantly, you know, warm drinks. And obviously tea being an herbal drink is already a nice body cleanser. Uh, so you're cleansing while consuming yeah I, I personally think it all goes hand in hand any herbal consumptions all together is definitely an entourage little, effect little synergy there absolutely the absolutely yeah i heard the flavonoids in the tea can really make a difference hell yeah earl gray is awesome it's a good mm-hmm. one for that is there a difference between medical and rec usage I would say in uh, the standard way of looking at it, yeah, there's absolutely rec and there's absolutely medical. Uh, You and I were just talking a little bit off air about the fact that really at the end of the day, any cannabis consumption would be considered 
medicinal based on what it's doing to the body, uh, calming it, relaxing it, exciting it, making it happy, laugh, whatever it is. Um, everyone finds their own niche. It's the understandings of the differences between a sativa and indica, or, or I should say that's what it used to be. It's now really terpenes. Uh, and a lot of people are learning what are terpenes. Well, it's all the, uh, the flavonoids and the uh, cannabinoids that are in all the plants. So that's a huge aspect to it. So understanding that goes into the market. Um, I think a, most people start cannabis consumption recreationally. And then as they get older, maybe realize, oh, wow, this is actually doing beneficial for this issue that I have. So uh, that would be the layman answer. So I've, I've always get asked this question, what do you think about vaping? And since you work for a vape company and work around concentrates and dabs, electric dab rigs, what do you think about high concentrates and dabbing and vaping? Is it healthy for people? Is it something that people should do or could right. do healthy? Absolutely. Absolutely. Good question. Um, yeah. So the company I work for is Roken. Uh, we are a battery manufacturer and electric nectar collector. We do cartridges as well. Uh, everything we have done has been under very, very uh, uh, strict uh, guidelines as far as how our manufacturing is done. Uh, all of our products are Ross certified. That's six separate uh, wires and or products that should not be used in any consumable device that you're vaporizing out of. So we're covered on that. Uh, we're CE certified as well, which is European standards of electronics, which is a higher standard than what we have. So we try to make sure that we're providing top grade product right off the bat. And that matters to vaping. Is vaping, uh, any form of smoking is not good for you. We should say that up front. Vaporizing, however, is been proven through multiple studies in other countries that it is actually better for you. Is it something that one should start at a young age? No, I think all consumption, you know, frankly, if it's under 21, then it needs to be medically um, uh, stated or however you want to put it. Um, but yes, is vaping of concentrates and things like that. Uh, it is a safer method to do it, but for sure it's a stronger product. And I think a lot of people still need to remember that at the end of the day. You know, if, uh, if that's what you choose to only want to do, do it in moderation. If you do overdo it, remember that consumption of CBD can bring it right down. If you don't have CBD, run to your cupboard, find some pepper and sniff on some pepper. Yes, sniffing pepper will bring down the effects of, uh, of a THC uh, overload, uh, we'll call it. I have heard that if you take a, a vape, well, like a little toke up CBD, it will help to balance out that. That was something Absolutely. I heard recently. It was awesome. I always tell people to take a cool shower. It will snap you back. Yeah. But, you know, to the point, too, of, uh, of vaping consumption, you get to control that a lot more. Even though, yes, it's a stronger product, you know, like with our batteries, as an example, the mini tank, you know, you hold the button down and you inhale until you're good. The dial, no button involved. You just auto draw, you just pull on that thing. Uh, those are for cartridges. Those are for very small, discreet, uh, great for people who realize, quite frankly, you know, they do enjoy cannabis consumption, but outside of the home, maybe they use it for, you know, whatever they're out on their hikes or, or something like that. 
and uh, you don't want to have all this smell and attraction coming to you. You just want to go about and enjoy what you're doing. And maybe you just need that small little amount. Um, so that's where a benefit for those I come really, in. Really, when I like a vape pen with cartridge myself is when it's discreet. I'm around family that doesn't like this, the smell or the odor. So I, I try to be discreet and respect their them, you know. Absolutely. Now, the Stinger... We created that for the, you know, like I'm, I'm the adventurer. We're all adventurers in our own right in the company. Um, everyone sees me a lot, the Roken Adventure on Instagram, and I'm, I'm all over the place. Uh, I love getting out, getting on good hikes, going on little bike rides, motorcycle rides, things like that. Um, yes, I do like to relax when I get to my destination, and I'll relax for a good 45 minutes to an hour. So, yeah, I like to take out the Stinger. You know, 30 seconds, uh, 15 second preheat and 15 seconds to take a, a little hit off of that. And it's very discreet and fits in the palm. I prefer the stinger vaping or dabbing concentrates than the cartridge and pen myself. There you go. But I prefer a lower THC rosin or a, a, a concentrate around 60 to 70% THC. That's usually my max. I don't like to go any higher than that. Yeah. Personally, sometimes I'll break out in a dab sweat. Which yeah, it's kind yeah. of uncomfortable for me, so I, I avoid those. But I do enjoy a nice rosin every once in a while, or something with a really nice terpene. That's what I look for. Absolutely. What about yourself when you smoke concentrates or dab concentrates? Do you go for the higher THCs? Because that's a be that's a big issue now. A lot of people are they're cutting down the limits on the high THC. They're saying it causes uh, problems with younger kids, schizophrenia, things like that. Well, you know, it's an interesting. Uh, we were touching on this just earlier, you know, uh, the fact is that terpenes is really what it's all boiling down to now. THC content sure matters, but if somebody is just going around and choosing their product based on that, I would say, you know, change it up. You know, one of the most effective strains I ever had actually was from our old place called Chocolate Heaven. I don't think it was ever over 16, 17%. And it was one of the most relaxing uh, afternoon smokes when you're done with work, having a cup of tea. It was awesome. It was just chill. It fit perfectly because of the terpene profiling, a lot of citrus in there. And it was just, it fit. Um, so I don't go for the, for the bang. Like you see some cartridges now that are in the eighties, nineties percent. If it's a live resin or live rosin, it's not going to be up at that percentile. And quite frankly, you're going to be shocked at the difference. And what is the difference one would ask? Well, I would think when you hit the, the stronger ones, the 80, 90% ones, yeah, they give a little bit of a pop, but it wears off quicker and sooner. Whereas with the lower ones that are more terpene focused, uh, which is going to generally be a lower THC content profile, um, those last a little bit longer. They taste a heck of a lot better. Uh, and you're getting the whole entourage effect, which is the most important thing. What could you recommend? Because I know as a blood tender, I always got the question, there would be people who, who are highly interested in consuming and it's their first time, but they don't want to overconsume, and they are, they're afraid to try these high THCs because they've heard it could cause unwanted side effects. Have you ever had unwanted side effects from consuming cannabis or a concentrate? I've definitely probably been a little, you know, I don't know, sketched out's a word to use in relation to it. But, um, I tell you, I mean, I try to think back on, uh, quote unquote, bad times. And I don't necessarily say bad times per se. Um, you know, first off, 
don't smoke and drive. That's something I tell, you know, everybody, don't do that stuff. Um, learned that years ago with my band buddies way, way, way late at night. Yeah, you were telling me a story. Yeah, you know, the simple, simple, quick story is we were in the car. Uh, I ended up actually driving and my buddies all were like, hey, man, there's a traffic light up away. Don't forget to stop. So I did. And then at that point, I guess we all weren't convinced of the cleanliness of my uh, windshield. So we put all four heads out the car and realized I was probably 60 yards from the light. So at that point, uh, yeah, somebody else took over the driving. So, you know, things like that. First off, yeah, don't do that. You know, just plain and simple. That was stupid. Um, have I had bad experiences? Truthfully, on cannabis, I really haven't. Uh, I've been very fortunate to find something that worked perfectly for me to cover any of the uh, issues that I might feel, uh, you know, would generally get me diagnosed some sort of a pill. And I just don't feel like going that route. So. so the worst case scenario I've ever had was a friend of mine and we were together. She had an edible. She's eaten edibles before. Some of the really strong ones had a great time. Some knocked her out. But this time she was near her parents and her parents had no idea, but she was Oh my God, do you think they know? And she started getting really paranoid and her heart reached, her heart rate started going. Oh man, she couldn't settle down. And this was totally different. So I didn't know what to do. So I had to, we started doing meditation. We had to get a cold shower, uh, a cup of coffee. And finally, after an hour, it went away. So one of my recommendations, if you're going to try consume consuming cannabis for the first time, don't be around anybody that you're going to feel ashamed of knowing like your parents or yeah. a grandparent or a boss or a best friend who's always said, you shouldn't try that Yeah, because you're going to be paranoid. You're, oh, they're going to know you're going uh, and you're going to get, get a little antsy. Absolutely. So I would recommend always being with somebody that you're comfortable with, uh, in a comfortable place and nothing, strange is going to happen to make you worry yeah point to that one edibles consume lightly edibles kick in they can take up to two hours consume lightly you might yes. want to eat that whole chocolate bar don't eat the whole chocolate no, bar I've give it a little pace for first time 2.5 milligrams and that's one great thing about the recreational market now or, or even the medical market people have a chance to come in and buy these low doses and uh try it Right, you know, and right. ease their way into it, and they know exactly how much they're getting. Instead of on the black market, where you're getting it, you were telling me like sometimes in Amsterdam you would get a strong cake, and the next time it wouldn't be. It just depends on the cannabis they had on stock at the moment. Yeah, you know, with themselves at the time. <laughs> My first base cake was '98 in Amsterdam at the Church, which is a brilliant coffee shop, still there to this day, and uh, I was there with a couple of buddies, showing them for their first trip ever to Amsterdam. And so we uh, each got our own space cake and we consumed them. And man, those things kicked in within 30 minutes and they were strong. I mean, we were plastered to that table for five hours. Uh, they charge you for every drink in Amsterdam, but we were the only three in there for sometimes an hour, hour and a half at a time. And God bless the uh, barista. She would come up with three drinks and be like, you guys look like you could really use these. We're like, all right, good. So, so that was a great, great fun, fun experience. But yeah, you know, Back then, they used to just, uh, we asked, how, how strong are these? And she's like, well, once we've sold all the flour out, anything that's left that was ground up, keef-wise, was just poured into a batch, regardless of how much it was. So 
we apparently got a strong one that time. So, so yeah, be careful on what you consume out there, people. If you get something off of a buddy, it could be super strong or it might not be strong at all. Exactly. One of the reasons I came to Colorado is because I was just tired of trying to find cannabis on the black market. I ended up in many bad situations. I've uh, ended up with con consuming bad cannabis, which was tainted because it wasn't regulated, which made me very sick. And that's one thing I recommend to people if you can't find clean can cannabis to consume and it's tainted and moldy, defer it. Do not consume it. It will make you sick. Yeah. You can get bad lung infections. You can get pneumonia and I have gotten it. Yeah. So I was very happy to come to Colorado and find cannabis that's been tested clean. And I have not had one chest problem since then, but to get back to the point of getting, of being in bad situations. One time I had gone to get some cannabis on the black market and ended up at a, at a heroin house oh, Jesus. and uh, I had no idea. It was a friend I knew from high school. Haven't seen him in 20 years. I was like, yeah, I can get you some help. Come back, come over to my house and uh, I'll get you some. So I got there and, oh, well, you gotta wait a minute. I gotta contact somebody else. And I was there for two hours. And while I was there, I ended up seeing veterans coming in, shooting up heroin. And I found out I was in the heroin house and I wanted to get the hell out of there. Oh. That's rough. Have you ever found yourself, or have you ever found yourself in a bad situation like this, too, Mark? And uh, I feel mine's mine's are good. He's going to dispensaries. <laughs> mine's going to be a nice little comic relief after because that's that's hardcore. I've never had anything uh, like that. Well, I've known people uh, to get robbed too. I've oh been yeah, very lucky on that point. But I had twenty bucks taken off of me in San Diego back in '97. And now it's just a really funny experience because I walk down the street. I probably shouldn't have gone down. And even the people on the street in their front yards partying were asking me very bluntly, what are you doing walking down this street? So that was a funny experience. But but a really funny time as far as like almost getting, you know, maybe nabbed. Because, yeah, you know, you used to have to go black market. And that meant if you really were wanting to go that route, uh, then you had to sometimes go to places you maybe didn't want to. Um, there's this area back in DC back in the day for, uh, you're from back home. You might know it or not, but, uh, it's called 203. And, uh, this is an area down in DC that you could drive to. And it was just a block and you could just drive around the block and you could hit up anyone. And so I was down there with my good friend one time and we're in my pickup truck. And, uh, we decided we were going to get a little, little extra because, you know, we talked to a guy at the window and he's like, oh, I can get you, you know, uh, ounce or something. I was like, oh, well, shit, I would say I was coming down here for a while. So I pulled over, parked the truck, went over, got it from the back of his car right there on the street, vehicles going by. And just as I walked back over to my car, there is a cop sitting on the corner, just eyeballing me, hardcore. And uh, I'm like, oh man, this ain't good. So I go to the car and uh, I, uh, I pop the hood and then I go to the back of the vehicle and I pull out my oil can that I had back there because I just luckily had oil. And uh, this all just came to me instantly like, oh, what the heck can I do to stall some time? So I pop the hood, I go in there, I crank open the oil, I pour it into the thing, I take my sweet time checking the dipstick, 
look over my shoulder once in a blue moon. Yeah, he's still watching me the whole time. He's just waiting for us to pull away so then he can come in and do what he needs to do. And so uh, I run out of oil. There's nothing else I can do. Pretty much close the door and I look at my buddy. I'm like, moment of truth, man. And uh, I go to the back. I throw it in the back again. Just as I start the car up, you see him look down, pick up his radio. Here's a call come in frustratingly slams the thing down, looks at me one more time, throws his lights on, peels off around the corner, looking at me the whole time as he drives by because he just got called over to another corner. Soon as he was out of sight, bam, car on, into first, floored it out of that corner. We didn't go back for a few months. We figured, okay, we're good. But yeah, one of those, you know, nothing major, but uh, yeah, could have, would have been a changing experience for us for sure, so. Yeah, being from the country of West Virginia, I've had a, a few friends that go down that way uh, for work reasons, and I've done the same thing, and the cops do uh, search for out-of-state plates and people who look way out of place, and they will pull them over for any little reason. So Absolutely. definitely be careful looking for one in the black market out there, guys. Well, to your point and to, to the point on my stories, too, you know, are dispensaries a good thing? Absolutely, they are for the testing that they go through and the safety that they provide. Uh, if you're in a state that's not recreational uh, and you have medicinal things, go talk to a physician about getting a medical card. If you're in a state that doesn't have either yet, you know, there's other states that are really cool to check out. Um, yeah, just, a, lot of me, yeah. a lot of people are moving for that reason. They are. They are. Absolutely. And that's also, I think, why a lot of states are kind of maybe in some cases making the moves to realize, you know, uh, there is financial gain for a state making these moves. There are tax gains for sure. Um, and those need to be... Uh, utilized correctly and so uh you know just go about your business well that moves right into our next topic of where do you see cannabis in the future the recreational market the medical market where would you like to see it go wow i mean it's such a big question because let's face it corporate entities are getting more highly involved um however federal government regulations don't fully allow some of these major companies to just blanket their own names into it yet. Um, when that comes, there's going to be a big change in the market as far as pricing is concerned. Um, dispensaries may have to consolidate. I would dare say that unfortunately you're going to see certain companies come up like a Walmart. Yeah, I guess look at standard shopping supermarkets that you go to, you know, you can go to the Walmart and buy, you know, vegetables and all those things there. They've got a lot more things packaged. Uh, and then you can go to uh, your local farmer's market, if you will, and get some really nice homegrown things. I think that could be one aspect to the recreational market. You're going to have the extreme of, hey, what aisle do you want to go down? You, you want California stuff tonight or you want some Illinois stuff? I heard Illinois makes some good stuff. Um, you can you can choose that. Or you're going to a craft maker, you know, craft market dispensary on the corner that, look, we grow all of our own and we operate with four other growers in this area and we don't sell pounds within a hundred mile radius, period. This is just where our stuff stays. Cool. I can, I can appreciate that. That's what the craft beer market's doing now. Every one sees a craft brewery opening up everywhere. Same concept. For the medical side, that's where it gets to be a very interesting gray area. Um, and I wish it could be a little bit more defined. Uh, I believe pharmaceutical company is going to come in and make a very big uh, um, stink into it. 
especially once federal legalization goes. Rumor has it they've already got patents on certain strain names, um, which uh, is a bummer to hear. Um, but it's why you see, you know, it's why you don't see Gorilla Glue written on containers anymore. It's GG number four for a reason. Um, so that's going to change aspects of it. However, you and I were talking about this earlier. I still think the concept's going to exist in a CVS type atmosphere where you can still buy extra strength Tylenol right there, walking right in, grab it, go right up to the counter, pay for it, and you go out with your cream soda that you bought. I think it's going to be the same concept where they're going to have up to a certain level, probably 100 milligrams available, but anything over that, that you have a prescription that says you're eligible to get, you can get from behind the counter. Will they still be serving a thousand milligram candy bars? That's uh, maybe one or two companies will, but um, so yeah, I, I do think that for the small town growers and uh, shops, how do they survive? Um, if you don't have that small niche community right there that you kind of encompass and you've become just a, a known entity there, uh, you have to almost follow the co-op models, the REI concept, where you've got one group that organizes all these different brands uh, under one umbrella, but those brands still are represented under their own name when you go in there. Like you go into REI and you can still buy Columbia gear. But I digress. So as you know, and I know after consuming cannabis and being in the cannabis culture for so long that most of the people that want to consume cannabis medically want to avoid pharmaceutical companies and want to grow their own cannabis. I and prefer to grow their own cannabis and consume their own cannabis. Absolutely. And the caregivership is what I do. And I want to make sure in the future that that stays alive. So people have a chance to, to produce their own medicine instead of having to pay the pharmaceutical companies or pay for the medicine if they if they are able to grow their own. I would agree. I mean, it's a plant first off. Um, you know, you look at markets that have gone recreational and not all of them allow the consumer to grow their own plants. You, you can't grow your own in Vegas unless you have a medical card. Um, I, I personally don't think that's right. I think every person should be allowed to grow three to four plants. I think that's a quite reasonable amount for an individual uh, to be able to uh, take care of themselves and their needs. Um, and I don't think you should have to have a medical card to do that. Uh, not when you can, uh, sure, anyone can grow their own hops. Not everyone does, but you can. And you can get all the ingredients to brew your own beer. So if you can brew your own beer, why can't you grow a plant? Seems kind of, you know, silly to me. Um, but God bless the states that, that do allow you to do it. And I think that, uh, you know, in, in what you're saying as well, you know, everyone should be allowed to do it. Also, just simply because it's a beautiful plant to grow. It is really a pretty, pretty plant. So, so I know you've traveled back east and you've talked to a lot of people too. And the, the attitude I get from people there that they're just sitting back waiting for it to come. It's, it's coming. It's going to happen. It's going to be legal. We're going to be able to do it here. Do you see that happening or do what do people need to do to speed that along? Can they should they just sit back and wait or should they get out there and and uh, demand that they should be have the right? Oh, I mean, everyone should join, uh, you know, your local normal or MPP uh, organization, uh, especially if you utilize it for medicinal and your state hasn't made any moves yet. Yeah, you should absolutely be pushing for the advocacy of it. Um, however, 
And I understand the fine line where some people who do get state provided uh, funding because of a medical condition don't want to put their name out for exposure that could suddenly eliminate that. And now they're doubly screwed in black to black market. So I do what is uh, uh, makes sense to you in your state, but absolutely joining normal or MPP is, is a great move to do um, and getting involved in your local community, especially as they're starting to make moves, you know, support where you can. My, my suggestion is um, vote. Get out there and vote, especially for your local, local government. And vote make for small the, changes from the town, the county, and then move up to the state. Absolutely, vote for the right representatives that are pushing the, you know, the right ideas uh, across the board that you agree with. And uh, shockingly, there are probably more on both sides these days that are pushing for the legalization anyway, because of the realization of the tax benefits to each state is dumbfounding you know some of these states that haven't made it wreck yet could really utilize some uh, repaving of their highway roads i know because i travel all over the country with a camper in tow and sometimes i open up that camper after it travels through certain states and man i spent 30 minutes putting the thing back together um joking aside that's one aspect you know Really, should the funding go into education to the youth of why to avoid drugs and all these things? Absolutely. Um, these things need to be treated, you know, as it is, 21 and up, 18 and up medical. Like we were talking earlier. Right, so we're going to wrap this up here, Mark. I uh, just want to give you the opportunity to uh, let the listeners out there know where can they find some broken products and get more information about the products that you offer. Cool. Absolutely. Appreciate that. Yeah. So Roken uh, is the company I work for. You know, we mentioned Amsterdam a couple of times earlier. Uh, a lot of people are wondering, where did the name Roken come from? Uh, everyone's heard of the red light district of Amsterdam. Well, when you actually look on a map, it's officially in what's called the Roken district. Uh, it's actually the main street coming from the train station is Rokenstraat. Um, Roken, uh, loosely translated, is Dutch for the word smoke. Um, so we put a lot of giving homage back to where anyone originally could go to consume cannabis openly and freely. We wanted to, you know, give some representation back to that. So that's where Roken came from. Uh, you can go on RokenVapes.com, buy anything online directly through there. Uh, we also have a store locator on there. So you just type in your uh, zip code and it'll come up with the local store, uh, dispensary or, uh, smoke shop that carries our products. Uh, Again, we do all 510 cartridge batteries, uh, removable shields and slides on uh, our two main devices being the uh, mini tank and the dial. Uh, the Rage also has a removable shield. That's for protection and also discretion. Um, and it also allows to fit slightly wider cartridges by removing that slide. So that's one big benefit with those devices. Uh, the mini tank itself uh, is great for flavor of product. It's set at a 3.6 arcs down to about 2.2 after four seconds. So it never burns your product. Your last hit on the cartridge tastes as fresh as the first hit. So that's a great feature with the mini tank. The dial has 21 temps. So if you really are a cartridge consumer and you know that I wanna burn live resin or live rosin at different temperatures, you just dial in whatever temp you want, auto draw, pull away. I mentioned the Stinger. The Stinger is our traveling nectar collector. Works great at home too, don't get me wrong. Uh, it has a removable glass bubbler 
little area to reclaim product that comes through, a little splash guard. Uh, you've got a removable uh, ceramic tip. You can soak that in rubbing alcohol. We designed our tip so you can do low and high temp dabs with the same device. Uh, that's all controlled by the microchip that we put into it. Uh, 1100 mod battery, so it's really a lot of power. Great product to be utilizing for your dabs, for terpene profiling. That's one thing we are, uh, we are smokers ourselves in the company. We consider ourselves connoisseur smokers. Uh, hence why you keep hearing terpene uh, dropped. We, um, we aren't trying to be the biggest cloud on the market instantaneously, but yeah, our device will go up to 15 seconds. So if you can't get a good cloud off of that, then, uh, then right on, let's talk. I got a big lung capacity. It gets me right to my choking point. I do not recommend coughing. I do not like coughing. I get, but I like a full lung just enough to get to that point where I'm <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's where it gets me. But I have a roommate who uh, never vaped before because the electric or the dab rigs is just too much for her and she'll cough for just a little bit. But she likes it because she can regulate her her hit a little bit lower and she loves the flavor. And now she's, she's actually dabbing some. Oh, sweet. That's excellent to hear. So yeah, that's, yeah, it's, it, I recommend the product. I like the uh, Stinger because it's pretty uh, easy to clean. All my electronic products get resin up really quick. And I don't even yeah. dab that much. So I can imagine somebody who dabs on a daily basis. A lot of electronic products get really dirty. They do. And this one's a quick poke if it gets, and, and you're, you're going. Yeah. And then we also, we just introduced our Outrider, uh, which is our herbal vaporizer. Uh, this thing's great. It's got uh, a little ceramic uh, dish that you uh, load your product into, heating elements around the dish, and has conduction heating, which means it pulls the air from outside the device through air holes that are right next to the ceramic bowl. So it's not traveling the whole length of the device. It's just going right in through the side. Uh, smooth, smooth. That's for hit. vaping flour. That's for vaping flour. Yep. It's got a Zippo-type flip top that opens up. Uh, has haptic feedback, which means it vibrates uh, when it hits the temperature you're ready to use it at. Goes for two minutes and then it vibrates, let you know it's done. So, uh, but yeah, check us out www.rokenvapes.com. Uh, you're going to find something that you're going to want to get into your repertoire for sure. Yes, it's highly recommended. Cheers to that. Well, hey, thanks for coming on today, Mark. Uh, Michael, thanks for up here. Appreciate you having us on, having me on to talk about us at Roken. Thanks. No problem, man. It was a great pleasure. Awesome, brother. Great Thank seeing you. you. Sadly the point, but I want